Hey everyone, Drew Paglieri back with a power spread analysis on all things football. Utah USC championship game. I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple of weeks since it started, since it happened, because it, it was a very interesting uh, juxtaposition. And it was very interesting. I looked at both of the uh, games in the year i watched both of them and it was almost a mirror i mean it was basically i mean utah is good and they have some of their better talent lately but it's not the same level as what riley got in with all his transfers i mean it's just amazing the the kind of talent he pulled in everybody knows about it uh we see it on offense with their heisman trophy winning quarterback uh the receivers one offensive lineman, but that's not a big deal. They they mainly had guys coming back, and I think that was big. Uh, USC had uh, four of their guys coming back, and that was a, a solidarity there that was a continuing, you know, that that I think was like held. Oh, how do I say? Like it was the root of their offense. They had a really good offensive line, uh, great pass protection, good power blocking. Uh, to a degree and yeah actually really good both just really good off the top offensive line and that set the stage without that and those guys mostly came back those guys were there already they were already entrenched in that uh on that team so so that really set the stage and then you could bring in this transfer quarterback the run transfer running back uh and then the transfer receivers and then you know you had lincoln riley's brilliance with his scheme which is Looking more and more like Art Bryles all the time. <laughs> I, I keep, you know, I keep bringing it up, but yeah, it was funny how the Meyer side of the power spread, Urban Meyer, that was happening right away. Everybody was sort of copying that style, which really goes back to Rich Rodriguez. And then, uh, then the Gus Malzahn in the middle, people were really starting to pick up on that, on the tempo stuff, the tempo big time, and then other stuff, uh, the power, the power that you can get out of the spread. You know, but Art Bryles was the trickiest because he really had a unique vision on space, and and you know, hearing his interview with Manny Matsakis on Manny Matsakis' podcast last year uh, is interesting because you know Art doesn't. It wasn't like he's he's not a philosopher. He's not sitting there trying to you know like I am almost you know seeing the big picture of all this or anything. He's just a coach winning trying to win football games, but he has a natural way of keeping it simple and in doing that that's what it seems to me like just being able to keep it simple but being smart enough to understand all this stuff and see it in a, and, and i think he's a unique thinker i don't know that whether he knows that or not if he thinks of himself that way he might not he might just laugh i'm not sure i don't know him well enough i don't know him at all actually but there's a uniqueness to what he does and it like i the way i see it his product on the field especially at baylor opened up space like i've never seen it opens up i mean you talk about like urban meyer says athletes in space you know i like to say space for the athletes you know create more space for the athletes and boy does Bryles do that and so now everybody's starting to finally get his concepts a little bit to, to, it has to sink in it has to it has to be something you you can feel and you can live and you can vision not just something you understand intellectually you know and it's happening so anyway uh so lincoln riley's doing all that so you add that lincoln riley scheme and uh with you know all those talented transfers and what have you 
and uh, you, you had a great offense, you know. And then on defense, it didn't work quite so easily because you have to align everything. I mean, you do on offense too, but defense is just because it's the reactory reaction part of the game. You know, it comes after the offense. It just takes more. And the new ways of playing power spread defense is you aren't reacting, you're attacking. You're the aggressor. You're the offense. You know, I've said this for ten over 10 years. That's going to be the only way to do anything to these power spread offenses is you have to be the offense yourself. You have to attack. Now they're finally, you're starting to see that finally. You know, and that's happening. So, but that takes more conjunction, more togetherness, more cohesion. And that's hard when you bring in a bunch of transfers. And what I saw in these two Utah games, regardless of the recruit, I mean, they got a linebacker from Alabama and they got some other big guys in there on the defensive line and the linebackers, but they don't look that great. I mean, and it's not just a technique schematic thing. They don't, I don't know the recruiting. Sometimes it doesn't always tell you the right thing. I just don't think they're that great. I mean, the defensive line's okay. You know, the offensive, uh, I mean, the linebackers are okay. I mean, I, and the defense, if anything, the defensive backs play some, there's some really good defensive backs that they have. And actually, the second game in the beginning, the guy from Ohio State, Shaw, who's playing the, the safety, was playing great. But, you know, what I do see is um, Lynch, uh, the, uh, the defensive coordinator, doing some really great things uh, uh, on the uh, defensive side, Alex, I'm sorry, not Lynch, Grinch, Alex Grinch. Uh, Alex Grinch, and I, I knew about him, and he came to Ohio State briefly, but it wasn't the right timing. But he, but he actually mixes a lot. He will go real, like, make a conservative look, then do a crazy look, and, you know, just rush four and back off into a cover two. Um, I was surprised how much he did that, especially the second game. Uh, or actually, he did it in the first game too. Um, if I'm correct, no, the second game more. But no, then he'll. But he does a lot of pattern match. Or it's hard to tell. Whittingham on U- Utah's side is always a big scheme guy, and he's all about leverage and and the details more. And like uh, he'll do like more matchup zone, which is a slight difference than the pattern matching. That's more of a man match matchup man. You know, so that's on the man-to-man side of the zone, and then the matchup zone's on the zone side of the zone. Both of them are kind of like in between. In the matchup zone, you grab your man in the zone. In the pattern match, you actually just grab your man, okay? So with Utah, it's like more towards the zone area, but, I mean, ugh, it, Utah's schemes are tough. I sometimes think, like, it's almost like Whittingham to me has always been a Saban plus. Nick Saban does this kind of stuff. But he makes it, to me, it's more simple. I, Winningham is hard to understand. Like, I have to literally like, really study his stuff. And I don't know if he would laugh at me and say, oh, man, my stuff's simple. But I don't know. And it, but it's based a lot on execution, just like um, uh, Sabin's. And, you know, you have your assignments. And, and Winningham's, boy, you better get those assignments. And in that second game, so in the first Utah game, I don't think Utah was really aggressive enough. They were sort of sitting back in the first quarter. And it was too easy. Williams' legs. You know, Williams is running. And when you get a quarterback with legs like that, and then he can throw the ball too. I mean, and, and then you have great <laughs> you've got talent and you've got offensive line. And, um, I mean, it was just a blowout city. I mean, USC was unstoppable. Utah couldn't do anything. Second quarter, Utah started to blitz. And this is that first game again uh, earlier in the year. And, uh, and then, but even then, they had to stay in their lanes. Or, you know, they, so they couldn't really put a lot of pressure. They were just making sure to stay in their lanes and put some pressure. Um, and then 
uh, they started doing the RTO, which I call uh, run triple option, which is the quarterback either hands it off, keeps it and passes it, or keeps it and runs it. So even that, you know, and then you do quick game passes, screens, and then outlets. If Williams would hit his outlets, and then some read options, and all this stuff kept it, USC wasn't able to score. They, they scored the first three tu- the first three possessions. They got touchdowns in the first game, I think, if I'm correct. And then they slowed down after that. But they still got some touchdowns, and they still made it a great game. Uh, but Utah just did great on their side. Cameron Rising, that was his best game of the year. But he balled out, and he was running. And they, and they, they kept having third downs, and he would, he would get them. Uh, he would run them. Kincaid, the tight end, was unstoppable that game. Um, this is a walk-on from who played basketball. And what a tight end, though, he is. And he's able to find the holes in the zones. He's just great. And... Um, they kept getting third downs, fourth downs, fourth and ones. And they were just, it was just that Whittingham culture. And Rising is like his quarterback, his style of quarterback. And uh, it's just tough. Um, and again, I don't think there's, I don't like the talent at this level, the talent level that much at the defensive line or linebackers that much. It's okay for USC. But I think if Grinch gets some more in there, but plus it's more than that, they make mistakes. Grinch, you know, like I said, he mixes too. And he's, needs execution as well and maybe not as much as Winningham does he does more of a mix and, and relies more on that than the execution side of it but still the, with all those transfers a lot of mistakes so you know so so rising took advantage you know and his passes got his runs QB runs and he's not a runner like Caleb Williams he's just a tough guy and he just gets it when he needs to um, <clears throat> but after this game he was really beat up and he was not right the rest of the year and I saw him against Oregon he looked bad he just didn't look that good. And, you know, I thought Ludwig, on, um, especially in that championship game, the offensive coordinator, Ludwig, who's an old school guy, but he's doing more of a West Coast power spread now, power spread West Coast. He's got more power spread now. But he really mixes under the center shotgun. He mixes tempo. They huddle a lot. Then all of a sudden they'll go no huddle and tempo. <clears throat> so he's doing a really good job. But I thought it was a lot better the second game. He did a lot better the second game. Everything was better the second game. So Utah's defense was too conservative in the first quarter against USC. And they were like, okay, we can't do this. And they really started blitzing the rest of the game. And while they gave up some points you're going to against USC, they, they hung in. And then they pulled it out because of rising, because of a really good toughness on the offense. And because you know USC's defense wasn't together. So all that. So the second game... USC's defense was the best they've been. They were really good, especially early. It, and they were, but then the mistakes started popping up again. Um, but and then on the other side, U- Utah totally changed it. They went to a three-three, and they used defensive end Reed, and they put him back with his brother, who's a linebacker as well. And they mo- they moved him into like he was like the middle linebacker as a defensive end. It was really cool. It was typical Whittingham, smart stuff. Three three, doing a lot of blitzing, mixing up the coverages, and honestly, the first two touchdowns were two breakdowns and coverages. Uh, one was Williams that scrambled a little bit and then hit deep, and then the other one was just a Williams uh, scramble and he ran like a hundred yards, whatever. And those two plays were the first two touchdowns basically. And uh, and then the third touchdown, they just backed off a bit. Utah backed off a bit because of Williams. And then Williams just hit the good passes, intermediate passes, hit those down the field, <laughs> got a touchdown. So it's hard to stop this, Lincoln Riley, with all that talent. But um, But then I thought the only thing I've ever said, I'll say bad about Lincoln Riley was 
on the la- on the next drive, Utah was able to drive, and the first drive for Utah in that second game, really great stuff by Ludwig. Um, mixing, like I just said, a lot of mix of the power and the pro and the West Coast offense and the PS and all that stuff. Uh, some under center, some runs by the QB, some uh, passes, you know, even taking deep shots, whatever. Just complete mix. A lot of misdirection to play action. Just a great drive. I'd have to break it down on film to show, but it's just amazing. So they got a touchdown. Or no, they only got a field goal because USC's defense was playing tough. And down near the goal line, they stopped them. So now it's 14-3, okay? And and then they got another touchdown. Now it's twenty one three, and USC. The reason they were stopping Ludwig after that is Ludwig tried to get in there and get a little more aggressive with the passing and stuff and rising in that and really good pattern match stuff. Shaw he busted up a screen and he was so fired up. Um, what was that? A third eight wide receiver screen. He busted it up, <clears throat> and um, it was an interesting zone blitz by Grinch on that. I didn't even quite get it. I would have to analyze it, but it was cool. And then uh, they were so worried about uh, – oh, that's on the other side. Um, and again, Shaw came on more pattern matching the next series. Uh, there was a levels. Uh, two guys were running a dig in, in levels, and Shaw came up and popped that. Oh, actually, Max Williams, the guy actually caught it. Finally rising, completed a pass. The guy caught it, and Max Williams popped it out of his hands, and Shaw recovered it. And the crowd was losing it. USC was losing it. They're up 17-3. Man, this game's over. They've got great field position now after the fumble. They're going to go 24-3. And this is kind of what I predicted. I thought they were going to get their revenge because, you know, they're the better team. Let's just be honest, and especially that explosive offense. And Whittingham's trying so hard with his scheme but, you know, his guys are screwing it up a little bit. It's tough. They're not pro guys. And then their talent's pretty good this year, Utah, but not like USC. So that's the game, dude. And then out comes Riley, Lincoln Riley, in a slow tempo, okay? Two straight runs, just normal read option stuff. Give it to the running back. Didn't go anywhere. Third and long, and uh, there was a, a, a man blitz, a blitz with man, man-to-man behind it by Grinch. He came aggressive. And again, uh, and it wasn't even pattern match. I think it was straight up man. And Vaki, Vaki, the this backup safety who was in, uh, or a nickelback guy, I don't know, but he, he knocked the ball out. It was a great little thing. So now it's fourth and eight. And they went for it again. I mean, they, they went for it. And I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I, look, you screwed up the drive in the first place. Just stay aggressive. All this was slow tempo. Just bring the crowd down, let Utah back in. What was I don't know what Riley was saying. I guess he was thinking we're up seventeen three. Let's start to to run out the clock. I don't know what you know. I don't know. Um, again, fourth and eight because you're not doing the tempo. Time for the U- Whittingham. That's the best way to mess up an execution oriented defense. Saban found this out. You go quick tempo and they can't get their shit together. Okay, so. Um, it was a great two match. Oh, it was a cover two match, pattern match again. They had two two deep safety, but but they weren't that deep because in pattern matching, no one goes that deep. And everybody was grabbing their man, and Vaki again came up and made a big boom. Got it was a good pat. I mean, nothing wrong on the offensive execution or by Williams. It's just a great defense. So again, I call this sloppy. This was sloppy by Riley. This was not good mindfulness and thinking of what he was trying to do. Like you keep the keep the pedal to the metal. I, that was surprising to me. That was really surprising. That let Utah come back in. Now Ludwig went back. I don't know if he just calmed down. His first drive was looking great. After that, they were being like over aggressive for his style. If you're going to do a PS Pro ish style, you can't be 
you got to keep in that rhythm. But he got back to it. Um, I call it the multiple PS West Coast. I, I, something like that. It's pretty interesting, some of these older guys, how they're implementing power spread. Anyway, so he got a little play action pass right away. Then he just started hammering it. And the offensive line... It's not, I don't know if it's as great as everybody says. Their offensive line is not like USC's offensive line, but it, it can hammer. They're good. They're, they're good, though. There's no doubt. And they were hammering it. And, but even then, a fourth and one came up, and they did a nice little scheme where uh, Rising did a fake pitch to the right and a power, QB power sweep left. They pulled guys to the left, but made it look like a, they showed right, pulled him to the left, he did a sweep, and he got it. And then two more runs by Rising, just hammering it. And by the way, again, after the first USC game, Rising was actually hurt for the rest of the year. It was not that great. And he looked healthy this game, just in time. Because I didn't know he was going to look that healthy and be that healthy. Whittingham said it. I should have believed him. You never know with coaches. And uh, he was. He was hel- He was, looked better than he definitely looked way better than, er- than the Oregon game. And he was running and stuff and pounding and okay. So they were eating up the clock, too. And they scored. Now it's 17 to 10. Now we have a different ball game. So uh, USC drove down a little bit again. Um, but then, uh, but then just more good, you know, again, I don't think that the tempo wasn't that extreme. They had a little switch route and the guy was wide open down the sideline, but whatever. Uh, they ended up getting stopped. And then, uh, Utah was, was able to get down the field because as I said, and I was surprised, Grinch backed off. He did a little bit of matchup, match stuff, pattern match, but he basically backed off to a conservative cover two. I mean, or a cover two with man underneath. But that's not that great either. It just sat in that. And again, Kincaid started catching passes, and he was injured. He's beat up in this game. But he started catching passes. And their other tight end, Yasmin, who was a former rugby player, caught a big pass. But again, we were starting to see this transfer stuff creep in, the, the non, the, 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 where you're not executing. Uh, Max Williams, who made a, a nice fumble, created the fumble earlier, he had very undisciplined eyes. You have to have good eyes. You have to do your assignment in the, in this pattern match type, type of stuff. And so they went back into that. And and uh, his eyes, then McCutcheon fell off Dixon on a little dump for a TD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Max Williams had undisciplined eyes on the big pass to the tight end, Yasmin, over the middle. And then near the goal line, they did a little three-yard touchdown pass to uh, just little little tiny routes, little like run-and-shoot or uh, air raid type of routes, boom. And they did a little dump-off in there to um, Dixon. And uh, McCutcheon, who's a, good, who's a talented cornerback, actually, uh, he just backed off too much. You're in the end zone there. And he just – he was they, but they, even there, they were playing cover two in the end zone. It wasn't even like a two match. It was like a real cover two zone. So a little surprised. And all I can understand, think, is Grinch just gets nervous using all his stuff. And it was near the end of the half. Maybe he just didn't want those guys making mistakes. And he, but, he, but he kept it easy for his players. See, that's the challenge. He kept it real easy for his players, but it was too easy for USC. So I'm sorry, for Utah. So there you go. So you got a touchdown. So now all of a sudden, we got a 17 all game going into half. Crazy. So that drive in the midfield area really blew it. And then all of a sudden, they come out in the second half, and then I can just end this now. Um, Caleb Williams is limping around. I went back and looked at the end of the first half. I couldn't see where it started happening. It just You could see near the end of the first half he was starting to limp. It was just a gradual thing. And now, oh, wow. you know, Now I felt like, too, 
they didn't they they took their foot off the gas on the tempo again. So now you're taking your foot off the gas on that, and Williams is limping around. And maybe because Williams is limping around, they did that. Um, the only reason it stayed pretty close for a minute is because. Um, Ludwig came out and started just trying to run the ball, doing too much pro. So he was losing his balance. He he either went too aggressive on the on the on the pass or too conservative on the run. You got he has to stay in that PS pro area and just keep both going, you know. And anyways, and then so that but 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 now you could tell with their hurt quarterback, the rest of the offense. It was amazing how they just sort of looked lethargic. The offensive line, they just kind of they must have been down or something. I don't know what was going on. I think they were also getting punched in the mouth by Utah, and it was like shaking them up. And um, and then then the defense finally, you know, messed up again. Uh, let's see, they had big play Gentry on rising. Yeah, rising was rolling out. Um, on a second and 19 and, uh, 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 but, oh, and he, and, uh, Gentry, Gentry busted in on him and Blackman had a chance for an interception and dropped it. So on the very next play, third and 19 and all this USC did again, they went back to that conservative cover two with a three man rush and I, I guess, okay, third and 19, but then you have to tackle and just horrible tackling. Uh, they threw a pass over the middle rising did to, uh, 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 that guy Parks, little guy, and he caught. He's a good, good, good receiver. Caught the ball, Money Parks, and Money Parks, and uh, McCutcheon just was going for the ball on Parks and just totally messed up the tackle. The rest of the D Gentry Blackman, they overran it. Uh, just lazy, just 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 a letdown. You know, it was worse than the Ohio State. What I saw against Michigan, and and this guy Parks just ran through the whole damn defense and got a touchdown. Now it's twenty four seventeen. So, you know, now Caleb's limping all over the place. It's getting more obvious. Um, uh, people are dropping passes. Offensive line's not focused. There's penalties again. And here's where you see you brought in transfers. I'm just saying. They weren't like the Utah team that had been building this. And these guys were tough. And again, you know, um, rising, scrambling around. But, but USC, to the, to the credit, came back strong even in the middle of the blitzes, and Williams is a baller too. I keep talking about rising, but Williams on one leg was trying to get past the blitzes. With these are scrambling a little bit. He ran a little bit. Um, you know, they, they, he, they got a touchdown. Uh, he, he was scrambling. What is it? Zone blitz, one leg scramble. Then he threw to the rice, his receiver over the middle for 12. Then a cover zero, all out blitz. Mario Williams, oh, they threw it to Mario Williams. He's too quick for the free safety Hubert. Yeah, well, their talent's better than Utah's. And Mario Williams got a score. It went through the hands of the leaping linebacker, Reed. 21-24, and I said, Caleb Williams is tough. That's all I said. It was like, wow. I thought he deserved the Heisman from that. That was it. Like this, he had, he re- the one thing I will say about him, though, he is not great at reading defense. I mean, he... He, his eyes, he doesn't have good eyes. He's looking the wrong way a lot. He doesn't go through his reads quick. Um, even when he's doing the air raid stuff, which is more about space, he, he, he's better at that. But even then, he, he throws to the wrong receivers a lot. He throws in the wrong space. And, um, and then uh, the worst part about him to me is that he has little outlets open all the time. They do some really cool stuff scheme-wise. And they have shallow guys open, like in the flat, all over the place. So look down the field, look in the space. If the space is all covered or your progressions are covered, however you're doing it, is it pro or is it air raid? Either one, dump it. 
just dump it. And he really doesn't dump down at all. And, and he'll run first. So, you know, there are issues that he's going to have in the pros. He's going to really have to improve because his athletic ability, as great as it is, and it's still going to be great in the pros, but it's not going to be as great because there's great, you know, guys in the pros. So, so that's the only thing I have on him. But he's tough, man. So I think given the chance, he'll figure it out, you know, eventually. But anyway... Uh, but then when we came, so it's now 24, 21, um, but then a cutback stretch, big run, uh, right tackle, Lemu, uh, Lamea, Lamea on Figueroa on the USC guy. Again, this defensive line, I know people are like Figueroa is good, but I don't know. It was an overaggressive slant. Sometimes, uh, Grinch was doing these slants on the line too, which were working at times, but now they were just overplaying it. I think they were feeling desperate too and, and fighting for their QB, but they just didn't have quite the talent. And again, the technique isn't quite there on that defense. Then, you know, hopefully Grinch has a year with some guys and the, the USC's, if USC starts really getting a great defense, and I think Riley's going to keep bringing in talent, I mean, he could really have a juggernaut, but anyway. Um, and he seems committed to Grinch, and I, I think he should be. Grinch is good, Alex Grinch. Anyway, um, Ellis on Shaw, oh, yeah, set up the play action, roll left, um, well, whatever. They, they hit Yasmin again on a big play, um, one-on-one with uh, Shaw, the free safety from Ohio State, um, and uh, runs over a really weak attempt by Bullock. Anyway, oh, that's right, Yasmin caught it, then he completely ran over the safety Bullock. It was it was a lack of a lack of technique, a lack of uh, schematic break. I mean, there wasn't nothing wrong with the scheme, but it was they didn't play, they didn't execute, and then they just weren't tough. I mean, they just got you know Yasmin just ran over Bullock, got it in the end zone, and old man Ludwig. I said underrating old man Ludwig, like I did with Hokey and his guys over there at uh, San Diego State. Really good stuff by Ludwig on this, and thirty four twenty four, and that kind of sealed the deal. Um, uh, well, I still have more. So Addison, one-on-one Burns Phillips, the really great cornerback for Utah. I should have mentioned him right away. Uh, what is it, Cam? Uh, he, he's a real. T- he's as talented as anyone on the defense for USC. Um, Clark Phillips, yeah, yeah, and he and he had a good game. He got burned a little bit by these receivers. Addison got him, you know, on this one, but it was an incredible scramble and throw by Caleb on one leg, you know, just whatever. But then the next one was an interception by Hubert, and it just, you know, it was just falling apart at this point. And uh, and then Utah took control. So, you know, it, this is a pretty long one, but this kind of warranted it. Um, I'll keep them shorter on these reviews as I as I did on the other one, but. Uh, yeah, um, just a really great, an incredible thing. Utah single-handedly ruined uh, USC's chances for the playoffs. Unbelievable. And honestly, uh, Utah is such an interesting team. Winningham's culture is great. Their schemes are great, but hard to execute on defense. And Ludwig is sort of part pro, part power spread. He's trying to evolve into this time frame. Going forward... You know, Whittingham has his great culture. He's not going anywhere. And he's getting his talent. At times, he has really decent talent. And he'll continue to do that. Um, he's evolving his schemes. Ludwig's evolving his schemes. Um, Ludwig loses his balance at times. And I think Whittingham stuff's a little hard to execute at times, you know. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, Utah, <laughs> they had a down Ohio State team in the bowl last year and made a heck of a game. 
they had a transfer-oriented team that was struggling and then hurt Caleb Williams be able to do what they did against USC. So they need something to happen on the other side versus these big-time teams. And then they can pull an upset. Um, it's interesting, you know. Or After the game, Urban Meyer was like, it's all about toughness and defense in the playoffs and power run game. And you know what? I, it's goofy to say all that. It, 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 the times are changing. They're moving along. It isn't just going to stay the same. And you can do it in different ways now. And, but the facts are, here's the fact. And what Urban just, in my mind, just needed to say was, Kyle Whittingham's a hell of a head coach, a hell of a coach. And he did kind of say, Urban said he learned so much. It was like he was his mentor. But yeah, no, Whittingham's a heck of a coach. And he's smart, man. He's really smart and a humble guy. I mean, you see him in the interview after with Urban, and I'm like, what a great guy. I mean, this guy, I get it. You can see it why he has just – I would emulate. I would say he should be a mentor to all of football on how to run a culture. You know, you can do it all different ways, but as an example, you know, Kyle Whittingham as an example, how to run a program, how to run an organization – how to be just a straight-up guy, you know? And then the toughness stuff, if that's his culture, that's fine. I, you can do it different ways. But, no, football's a tough game. Yeah, that's like goes without saying. You, but, you know, anyway, I, I, I think we're moving in another age where there are other ways to win. I mean, Kansas City Chiefs are showing you that. They're the pros. But we've seen it in college, too. And even Nick Saban had to move into power spread. You know, it is what it is. And Urban Meyer is a power spread guy, so it's funny. He just loves the old school power stuff. And, and there's something to be said for that. Urban knows his stuff. It's just that, yeah, maybe like me a little bit. Yeah, I do it too, man. Just get obsessed. I mean, he just gets stuck on a narrative. I do it too. Anyways, but, uh, but you know, all the congratulations. In my preview, you know, I thought it could be a blowout. I was right. It could have easily been a blowout, and they still would have probably won had Williams been healthy in the second half. Let's just be honest. But I also didn't know that Rising was that healthy again. And, uh, but I also said in my preview, it's Whittingham. It's his program, his culture. They could upset anyone at any time. If the circumstances are correct or right for it, he can do it. And he did it. And so that is a wrap here from the Power Spread Studios. This is Drew Paglieri. Until next time.